Welcome to the Life Point Louisville podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Sean McGill. For more information about this podcast and for other resources, visit lifepointlou.org. Hey, uh, anybody ever ran out of gas before? <laughs> Silence. <laughs> Don't throw me under the bus, babe. Yes, I have ran out of gas before. I never dreamed of running out of gas, never expected running out of gas, but the truth is I ran out of gas. Uh, I wasn't focused on the gas tank. I thought I could push it a little bit further than I needed to, and uh, the reality set in, uh, I cannot. Um, Apparently, when you get to E, you should go fill up your tank because it will keep you from enjoying the freedom Uh, that the road has of being able to just punch the gas and going, and maybe you've been there before. You haven't paid attention. You thought the freedom that you were experiencing driving could just go on forever, but there are some rules when it comes to driving, and the number one rule is to make sure you have gas in the car or you're not going anywhere. You don't desire to get on E, but sometimes you can end up there. The same is true in so many other areas in our life. You don't desire to get stuck, but how many of you know sometimes you can get stuck? And so the key is when it comes to running out of gas and getting stuck and these areas in our life that'll keep us from experience freedom, ultimately this abundant life, is making sure that we're, we're mindful of it making sure that we're actually paying attention to the freedoms that we're enjoying in our lives. And so Galatians chapter five, as Paul opens this, uh, what, what would be close to the end of the book, as he opens this chapter up with verse number one, he says this, he says, so Christ has truly set us free. I love that because I, I think if I could, I wish I could bold some words here. I would, I would triple bold this one, make this like a hundred font. He has truly, he has truly set you free. That is good news. Christ has come so that you could have life, that you can have an abundant life. And over the last few weeks, that's what we've been talking about, honestly. We've been talking about how Christ has came to set you free. Now, there is two gospels, though. There is a gospel over here that says Christ has come to set you free, and then there is another gospel that that wants you to live in bondage and slavery and live according to the law, and this whole book has been about Paul talking about the difference between what is the real gospel here that Christ has come to truly set you free and then living in accordance to the law and being under bondage and slavery. And so he says, Christ has come to truly set you free. And when you experience that freedom, when you say yes to Jesus, when you realize that you're not a slave anymore, but you are a son and a daughter, that you are an heir, if you are like, what in the world are you talking about? Go listen to the podcast, everybody. You can catch up if it's your first time here. It'll help you. I can't explain it all to you in 29 minutes and five seconds. But you are an heir, a son and daughter. And once you realize that he has set you free, Paul says this. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to make sure you stay free. Christ has set you free, and now I want you to make sure that you stay there. Obviously, there was this tendency that he recognized in individuals to swing between the two. I'm free today. I'm in bondage tomorrow. I'm free today. I'm in bondage tomorrow. 
And that's not God's plan for our life. See, Christ has come to truly set you free, for you to walk in freedom every day. Because in freedom, there is life. In freedom, there is hope. In freedom, there is fullness of joy. In freedom, there are so many blessings that we get to enjoy from the Father. But the opposite is not paying attention to the indicators in our lives and and not staying free. See, Christ has come to truly set us free, so make sure you stay free and don't get tied up again. Don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. In other words, and we talked about it the first and the second week, is God doesn't want you in this constant struggle of, he loves me, he loves me not. He's for me, he's not for me. And it's all about your obedience, and it's all about, you know, these things. No, Christ has come to set you free. He wants you to be free indeed and live in that freedom, but we have a responsibility to stay free and not swing between the two. And so really, that's how Paul wraps up his book today as he talks about the importance of of staying free because there are two forces that want to fight for your freedom. There are two things in you that that want to kind of act as this tug of war that we'll see here in a minute that Paul says is two forces. And so how do you stay free? How How do you continue to make sure that you stay free? We'll skip down to verse number 16, and Paul says this. So I say, let the Holy Spirit, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. See, the best way to walk in freedom, the best way to live this abundant life that God has for you is to make sure that you you stay free. And how do you stay free? Will you realize that the Holy Spirit is there to guide you? The Holy Spirit is there to make sure that, that, that freedom can be produced in your life. See, he's giving us a glimpse of these two forces that he'll go on here in a minute to plain, plainly demonstrate or illustrate to us. There is a spirit part of us that wants to guide us into freedom. There is a spirit part of us that wants to make sure that we stay free, but then there is a sinful nature. There is this thing in us that craves this, honestly, this other gospel. And so two forces at work. He goes on to say this, the sinful nature wants to do evil. I know we're just kind of jumping in there today, but here we go. There is a sinful nature in you that, that wants to do evil. I don't know if you've ever thought about that, but all of you, you were born with it. The Bible said that we were born with this sinful nature. Adam and Eve, they made a mess of things in the garden. If you go back to the book of Genesis, and as a result of it, there is a sinful nature in us. And what you have to understand is that sinful nature, it wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And so two forces. The Spirit gives us the desires that are opposite of what the Sinful nature desires. These two forces, they're constantly fighting each other. Two forces in you, the spirit and the sinful nature, the flesh and the spirit, constantly fighting, constantly putting you in the middle of a tug, a war, so that you are not free. Christ came to set you free, 
And the Holy Spirit wants to make sure you stay free, but there is a sinful nature that's in you that wants to make sure that you don't walk in freedom. To make sure that you are not free to carry out good intentions. And so today, I want to talk about the two forces. I want to talk about the Holy Spirit that has come to help you stay free, but then this other side of you that is a sin nature that even when you give your life to Christ, it doesn't just go away. Anybody ever been there, right? You've given your life to Christ, but there are times where you still want to do what you came out of. You came out of a past and your past wants to come drag you back into it. Anybody ever been there? It's a tug of war. It's a sinful nature, but then there is a spirit over here wanting to make sure that you stay free. And so Paul goes on to kind of describe to his best ability what these two forces look like and really the fruit of them. If you want to judge something in your life, one of the best ways to judge it is to look at the fruit they're producing. And the fruit of the sinful nature in us, Paul says the results Well, they're really clear, and I know this is some strong language. And as Jennifer said last week, when Paul uses this language, if we're not careful, we'll look at it as condemnation. But it's not supposed to be condemnation. But there is a reality of a sin nature that wants to drag you into evil. And Paul says this, he says the results are very clear. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the fruit of them are really clear. Here's what they'll lead you to do. What's sexual immorality? It's impurity. It's lustful pleasures. It's idolatry. Sorcery or witchcraft, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division. It's the fruits of the sinful nature. There's a sin nature in you that wants to drag you down a wrong path that will will cause you to to lean into the wrong things. He keeps going. Envy and drunkenness and wild parties. And if you're like, I'm good. I didn't make the list. Well, he adds this and other sins like these. Just lumps us all in there. All of us have messed up. All of us have things that want to hold us back. Some of them are very, very clear. Some of them, like, we made the list. And some of them may not be not so clear. What happens is we start to rank the big ones and the small ones. But they're all sin. They're all part of this sinful nature that wants to keep you from living a free life. And Paul gives us a list that we can look at. And if any of the things in our life are on those lists, that's a clear sign of the fruit that you're living in kind of the wrong side, that you are, you're living over here in a way that will not bring any freedom. And other sins like these, let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living this sort of of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. And let me just pastor you here for a moment on that statement because that can be a real tricky statement. And so to the best of my ability, I've tried to research as your pastor to make sure that I'm teaching you the right thing on this. But here's what this phrase does not mean. It does not mean that if you've ever sinned, you're not gonna go to heaven, right? Jesus came and he paid it all. We talked about that, right? He paid it all once and for all. 
All right, and just a minute ago, I made a statement of just because you've been saved doesn't mean that this sin nature in you doesn't want to spring up every once in a while and still make a mistake. And so what is it? Or still want to, you know, gratify the flesh? So, so what does it mean? Well, I don't think it means that you won't inherit heaven, but I do think it means that you won't inherit God's best for your life. There is a life of freedom. And with freedom comes a lot of blessings. With freedom comes a lot of, uh, you know, not having to walk through. I'm not saying you won't walk through difficult things, but there are some things that you can step into that will make life a whole lot more difficult for you. And so he's not saying if you've ever struggled with these, you're not going to heaven, but you're not going to get God's best for your life. See, it's grace and truth. It's two sides of the same coin. It's not that once I give my life to Christ and I have a luxury to just do whatever I want to do. No, if you just want to do whatever you want to do, it's not that maybe it's going to keep you out of heaven. There is grace and God loves you and he forgives you and you can go to him and you can repent of your sins, but it will keep you from walking in freedom. It will keep you from living God's best for your life. It'll keep you bound It'll keep you enslaved. And so Paul is saying, this is, this is this one side of you. And look, he struggled with it too. To say that we don't struggle with a sinful nature would be like, it's like burying our head in the sand. It would be a bold lie. Paul said this in Romans. He said, I want to do what, it's, what is right, but sometimes I can't. I want to do what is good, but guess what? Sometimes I don't. I want to do what is wrong, but I, or I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. Anybody ever been there? It's like, I want to do what's right, but ah, it's such a struggle. I want to do what's good, but sometimes I don't. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Anybody ever felt that way? It's like, oh, I didn't want to give in to that thing again. Oh, I didn't want to take that step again. Oh, I didn't want to make that decision and say that thing or end up there or do that again. But here I am. And Paul's like, oh, what a miserable person I am. But then he quickly bounces back. And that's the key. That you don't stay there. See, the enemy, the one that wants to keep you in your sinful nature, he would love for you to feel like when you're there and when you're living in that, that you'll never get freedom. That you can't be set free. But Paul bounces back because he realizes the beauty of the gospel. He realizes the beauty of what he's been talking about this whole book. Who will set me free from this life? Who sets me free from the tug of war? Who sets me free from living in the middle and just feeling this? Well, it's God. It says, who sets me free from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God the answer it's Jesus Christ, our Lord. If you're living in this tug of war, it's, it's not a great place to be. I get it. It can, be, uh, it can be a tough place where like Paul, you think, oh, what a miserable person I am. But may I remind you, you're a son. You're a daughter. And God loves you. And so don't stay in that place. The enemy would love for you to stay in that place. And it's like a black hole that'll just keep sucking you down and bring a lot of hell up. And the enemy would love for you to stay there. But we have to remember, like Paul, no, 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 thank God. 
Jesus Christ came to set me free. I give this over to him. I don't walk in shame. I don't walk in condemnation. I am forgiven. I am set free. God loves me. And so I won't, I won't stay there. And so let's pick it back up in Galatians. And so there's this force over here, the sin nature, but then there's this other force that's wanting to drag you to freedom all the time. And it's the Holy Spirit. And he says, but the Holy Spirit, it produces this kind of fruit. Sin nature will produce one kind of fruit. All the sins and any like that. And then the Holy Spirit, well, guess what it'll produce in our lives? Love, joy, peace. This is more than just a, Kids Bible verse, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Wow, I want that in my life. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Man, if you had those things in your life, I promise you, I promise you, it would really help when it comes to that sin nature trying to drag you. A little bit of self-control will help you not swing back over here. He says there's no laws against these things. Two forces, both producing radically different fruit in our lives. And so what is our approach today? Well, let me tell you what it's not. It's not to be an inspector of someone else's fruit and say, I see where you are. But it is to be a gardener of our own fruit and say, what's being produced in my life? What's in my life right now? See, we, we think we're holy by inspecting everybody else's fruit, but we're never tending to our own. And it'll cause you to live the wrong way, I promise you that. And so Paul didn't give you this to judge everybody else. He gave it to you so you could look within and judge yourself. And so today, what fruit are you producing? May you be a gardener of your own fruit. May you ask yourself the question, what forces am I living by? Because there's two forces. The sin nature, the flesh, and then the spirit. What do they produce? Well, one produces bondage and slavery. And the other produces freedom. Which fruit do you want? One produces doubt. The other produces faith. Which do you want? Well, one produces religion. The other produces relationship. I want, I want relationship. One produces legalism. The other will produce an understanding of his grace. And so, which force are you allowing to control your life? Here's what you have to know. We all are letting one of them control us. And it's really important how we act, and it's really important that we stay free. Because if you tie yourself up to the law, if you tie yourself back up to bondage, to the sin nature that Christ has came to set you free from, guess what you're doing? By living in the flesh, you're inviting hell up into your lives. 
See, there is a sin nature that is inviting, guys, and I don't know any other way to say it than just the spirit of the enemy, the culture of the enemy to rule your lives. There is, there is a way to live. And if you live by the flesh, if you live your life letting your own desires please you, anything goes, I got grace. It'll invite a lot of hell up into your lives. It'll cause you to not walk in freedom. It'll cause you more harm than it does good. It will invite some trouble. Sin always catches up. It'll always catch up with you. You can only run with it so long before you regret it. It'll catch up in a divorce. It'll catch up in a legal issue. It'll catch up in prison. It'll catch up to you. It'll catch up in broken relationships. It'll catch up in anxiety and depression as you sit all day thinking, what a miserable person I am. It'll catch up to you. And so if you live by the flesh, you're inviting hell into your life, up into your life. But if you live by the Spirit, guess what? You're inviting heaven down into your lives. And man, I would much rather... I would much rather invite heaven down than hell up. I would much rather live in the freedom that Christ has for me, inviting the things of God down into my life than allowing a lot of hell to come up into my life. It's just two forces constantly at work. One is saying, do whatever you want, but it'll catch up. But it'll mask itself. See, if this is the culture really of the enemy, guess what the enemy is? He is a liar and a deceiver. He'll tell you, no, it won't. The enemy will make you hear a message like this and say, this church is so condemning. This is not about condemnation. And some of the things that you feel like are condemning really is conviction. Some of the things that you feel like the church has condemned you for, it may be the Holy Spirit needing to convict you. John 16, 8 said, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict you of your sins. And as a pastor, and I know this is strong, and I don't teach this every week, but I couldn't skip the chapter. We think it's condemnation when it's the Holy Spirit trying to lead you and guide you and to convict you. Why? The conviction will lead to freedom. The conviction will make sure you get to stay there. And so this isn't about condemnation. This isn't about making you feel bad for your sin. But conviction does want to help you not stay in your sin. So don't think just because a church calls out a sin, it's wrong. Focus on your own, you know? No, the Holy Spirit wants to convict us. And there are two ways to live. And this is the gospel. And if this were not true, why would Jesus have needed to come? What would he be saving us from? 
And so Paul goes on to say, how do you do all this? Well, again, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't want to do. Remember Paul saying, there's these things I want to do, there's these things I don't want to do, and all this struggle. Well, Paul is saying, one of the things that I've learned is when I let the Holy Spirit guide my life, I don't want to do. I don't want to do what my sinful nature craves. I love that. That's good news because the Holy Spirit gives us the want to. Y'all, this is hard. Living free, it can be very tough in our own strength. That's why the solution was the Holy Spirit. God said, you won't be alone. I'll give you a Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you so that you can stay free. So you don't have to live in this like tug of war. He says this, he says, those that belong to Christ Jesus have nailed their passions and the desires of their sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. And so, three quick things for you. How do you follow the Spirit's leading? How do you make sure you're allowing the Spirit to control your life so you walk in freedom? Well, number one, you'd be led by His Word. The Word of God is there to lead you. Psalms 119, 105 says this, Your Word is a lamp to guide my feet and light my path. Your word's a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. And so I, I love that because, because his word really does want to guide you. His word wants to help you walk in freedom. His word wants to show you the way. So how do you follow the spirit? Will you follow his word? If it's in it, he means it. If it's there, it's there to help you. And so you follow his word. Number two is this. Not only do you follow his word, but you listen to his voice. And so I want to follow the word of God. It's there to help me. But I want to listen to his voice. Isaiah says this. Isaiah says your own ears will hear him. Right behind you, a voice will say, this is the way you should go, whether it's right or to the left. See, there is a word that wants to guide you. It's a lamp, right? Meaning it's gonna guide you into light. Without it, you walk in darkness. And so God's word guides you into light, but then his voice it's there to tell you which way you should go. How do I follow the Holy Spirit? Well, I read his word, I follow what it says, and I listen to his voice. And his voice will tell me, no, go left. No, go right. And so I, I understand that time with him in prayer are vital to being led by the Spirit. And time in the word are vital 
to being led by the Spirit because it's the two things that are there to guide us. See, you are never alone. The Spirit is always with you. The Spirit is with you to allow you to walk in freedom. And so once you listen to his voice and once you are led by his word, then the last thing is this, you gotta do what they both say. I mean, we get this in the natural. If we go to a coach and we say, coach, I wanna get better with my swing. And the coach says, do this, do this, do that. And then we don't do it. Do you think we're going to get better? I mean, you wouldn't do this in the natural. You wouldn't go to your, you know, financial advisor and say, what do I do? Him tell you, and then you not do it. So in the natural, we understand this, but for some reason, we struggle with it in, in, in the supernatural, we struggle with it when it comes to the things of God. And I'm just telling you, heaven will come down into your life if you will open the Bible, if you will listen to his voice, and then you will just do what they say. James says this, don't just listen to the word of God. But do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves for if you listen to the word and you don't obey, it's like you're glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, you walk away and you forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law, the gospel, it's all throughout scripture, guys. If you look carefully, that sets you free. The perfect law. Freedom in Christ. It'll set you free. And if you do what it says, what his voice says, what his word says, and you don't forget what you've heard, God will bless you. You will inherit the kingdom of God. God will bless you. God's got a blessing for you, but it's listening and doing. And so the question of the day is this. It's just a simple question. In my life, am I going to pull hell up or am I going to pull heaven down? The choice is yours. One will allow you to walk in freedom. The other might bring a little bit of heartache. Guys, I know it's hard. And I felt like the Holy Spirit showed me something yesterday as I was closing this out. Two things I'll leave you with. My favorite verse in all of Scripture is Galatians 6, 9. Don't get weary doing good for in due season you'll reap a harvest if you don't faint. But I never saw it this way. Because immediately after all of this, it's like a big run-on sentence. He doesn't jump away to like something else. He continues this thought. And he says this in verse number eight, right before my favorite verse. He says, those that live to only satisfy their sin nature Guess what? They will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. So if you're like, where did he get it in the Bible that, you know, hell will give us trouble? Right here. It'll harvest death and decay. If you live by your sinful nature, it'll bring hell up into your life. But those who live to please the Spirit... It'll bring heaven down. It will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. 
And then verse number nine. So let us not get tired doing what is good. The correct context of this verse that you've all heard. Let us not get tired then doing good. I know it's hard. I know there is a sin nature in you wanting to pull you. But don't get tired of listening to the voice of God and doing what it says because if you do, guess what? At just the right time, you're gonna reap a blessing. You're gonna experience, inherit. You are an heir. As a son and a daughter, you're gonna reap a blessing. Heaven's gonna come down if you don't give up. My little boy loves to play Legos. And we'll let him play, and at the end of the night, we do what every good parent says. We let him know, hey, it's time to, it's time to pick up your toys. And he knows, we're not always good at enforcing it, there's a consequence if you don't. You need to pick him up. And it never fails every single time. He'll ask us, will you help me? Come help me. Well, I have two choices here. He can pick up the blocks by himself. And one of the things that I think I learned reading this, it's like there's this side over here that when he, and I always, I'm like, why is he so mad when he has to do it by himself? Why is he so frustrated? Well, because when he does it by himself, it feels like slavery. It feels like bondage. It's an irritation. It's, it's discouragement. It's a heaviness. I gotta do this alone. I'm never gonna be able to. And then there's another side that actually, if I get down with him and daddy's on the floor helping, the job gets done faster, more efficient. He actually works way harder. And he has fun. Same work. One is slavery to him. One is freedom. And so, here's the good news. The good news this morning is this, that the Holy Spirit is here to be your guide. And he hasn't left you to say, figure it all out on your own. Because that feels like bondage. He said, if you'll invite me, heaven will come down and he'll help you. The Holy Spirit is here to help you pick up the pieces that feel way too heavy. Without him, it'll be a struggle. But with him, you too can walk in freedom every day. Can I pray for you? Will you bow your heads all across this room? Father, we thank you so much for the freedom that is found in you. We thank you that you sent your son Jesus to truly set us free. In fact, if you're in here today and you've never accepted that, you've never accepted the gospel, that Jesus came 
that he, he, he came. Everything that he did, it was for you. So you could live in freedom, so that you could have life. That you didn't have to live in bondage, but you could live in relationship with him. Today, you've been walking without him. He's here to help you, to set you free, for you to walk as a son and daughter. And in accepting that, the Holy Spirit is sent at that moment. When you say yes to Jesus, there is a force that comes inside of you, the person of the Holy Spirit that'll help you walk this life out. And so if you're in here and you would say, you know what, I've been living life without Jesus. Today, I'm ready to give my life to him. I wanna invite you to do so. Nobody looking around. But if you would say today, you know what, I'm ready to give my life to Jesus. I wanna just ask that you slip up a hand. Nobody's looking around. And slip it up, put it down, but it's just putting a stake in the ground saying, today, I'm living for him. Now I wanna pray for a second group of people in this room. If you feel like your sin nature has been getting the best of you, and today you're making a decision to let the Holy Spirit guide you, and nobody looking around, may it be a private moment. Would you have the courage to say, Holy Spirit, come? Maybe lift up a hand and say, Holy Spirit, come. I cannot do this without your help. It's too hard. Father, right now, I pray that the Holy Spirit would come. I pray that the Holy Spirit would embolden and empower and guide every individual seeking it. May it guide them to freedom and may they walk in freedom every day. And Father, I pray for our church. I pray that we would live not by the words of man, but by the word of God. I pray that we would value your scripture. I pray that it would be a light to us. It would be a lamp to our path. I pray that it would illuminate the right way for us to go. And God, I pray that we would hear your voice, that the Holy Spirit would speak to us louder than ever before. And I pray as a church that as we read your word and as we hear your voice, we would do what they say. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. And the whole church said, amen. Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Louisville podcast. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the good news of Jesus, you can give by visiting lifepointlou.org forward slash give or text LCLOU to 77977. Thanks so much. We hope you have an incredible week.